हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पोडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट सिक्स पॉलिटिकल इकोनॉमी ऑफ डेवलपमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज पावर्टी ऑफ इनकम कंपैरिजन्स The estimated income level and differentials do not fully capture the socio-economic conditions of existence of the people. This is so far many reasons for long things income is related to market-centric activities. But many critical and important activities including those connected with the material aspects and bearing on well-being social role and esteem are non-market activities and involve family community state civil society organizations etc these largely non-market activities have little to do with the income flows then market does not incorporate everyone differentiates people on non functional unjust criteria and excludes a large number of people for varying lengths of time from participation in its ambit of activities and transactions many objective and subjective factors are not amenable to the logic and working of the market markets are intrinsically prone to manipulation by some against the interests of many thus the market processes of generating income flows tend to benefit some at the cost of the others for example use of natural resources like land water forest etc in the process of production can deprive some of their livelihood without any or inadequate compensation take the case of multi purpose irrigation and hydel power projects in india they submerge vast tracts of land often with forest cover natural forest of great antiquity frequently these submerged areas lead to displacement of thousands of tribal and farmers and other poor people disrupting not just their livelihood but the entire pattern of their lives whenever some rehabilitation efforts have been made which is not always the case they fall far short of full and reasonable compensation leave alone the proper rehabilitation and share of the gains of the project or some alternative while a huge cost is incurred by these refugees of the so called development the beneficiaries are the people in the plains who are generally 
a part of India's small organized sector elite and their hangers on. The national income statistics surely shows a large gain from such inequality fostering development. It occurs to a small section who in no way compensate the poorer people who are made worse off by this kind of development reflected in the GDP figures. Clearly, these projects add to the GDP as also to the woes of the people which no national accounts statistics ever captures. The last 50 years in India saw dozens of such projects. These worsened people are generally the poorer ones. This market-generated income conceals its hidden as well as non-monetary costs. Market-generated income-based comparisons take a highly limited and truncated view of life, society, and future. The market tends to be highly myopic. Then the cost of participation in the market processes as also of exclusion from these processes are not fully, correctly, and realistically captured in the price and income figures. The effects caused by external economies and the diseconomies too make income an imperfect indicator. After all, who can deny and heavy cost imposed by the denuation of forest, degradation of land, pollution of water and air, which even a country like India with relatively modest modern industrialization has suffered over the period of its GDP has started moving up after the first half of the 20th century. Many non-economic aspects are no less important to individuals, groups and societies for what may be treated as the essence of development but remain outside the purview of the market-based income-generating activities. In other words, the market-based income is an incomplete, partial and misleading indicator and in some senses can be inimical to general social well-being. Then, national income aggregates and averages take the na nation as a unit, as though it were internally a single undifferentiated entity without internal dynamics and differentiation. Nations like India have vast internal differentiation in terms of control over 
access to and quality of social economic and cultural resources as well as in terms of status and power their historical experience too shows many different patterns of ups and downs to these differences one may as well as add a regional dimension in a country like india with her subcontinental size then even if different nations are not entirely unique differences across nations far overweigh similarities it is often said about india that it is a nation of stark contrast a country for which the only sustainable generalization is that hardly any generalization is valid hence it can be highly misleading to compare nations their level pattern dynamics and future of development on the basis primarily of income data the same would hold good for example for interstate comparison of per capita sdp among the indian states the apparent precision of such national and state income data is shame as its conclusion is based on many unrealistic assumptions imprecise sources of information and rule of thumb conventions especially in poor countries with a large unorganized sector this is especially true of india where over 92% of the workforce derives their livelihood from the unorganized sector activities which contribute a little less than 60% of india's gdp income flows may be generated by production or made available by means of a transfer even with a guaranteed measure of regularity in many different ways but in this process those who disperse income come to dominate and recipients get dominated and subordinated this involves the income transfer recipients in an unequal relationship of disempowerment and dependence making them feel or explicitly forcing on them a feeling of inferiority such power relations are crucial in any society and even among nations one possible reason why the ruler poor have not been able to make any big dent in their levels of deprivation even though the crores of rupees have ostensibly have been spent for their welfare and development over the past 5 decades is that these top down programs are 
paternalistic and make a sharp dichotomy between the benefactors and beneficiaries to take another example the aid recipients nations have to get the approval of the donor nations for their plans and policies on a regular ongoing institutionalized formal basis such nations compromise their national sovereignty and interest for the apparently easy option of getting concessional loans access to technology etc but butter away in the process their vital national interests especially of those who are not able to participate in donor approved plans programs and policies one has just to recall the economy india suffers years after year when it sends high ranking officials to what used to be known as the aid india club in order to win the approval of the so called donor countries in the exchange of their commitment to provide some development assistance in the form of official development assistance oda which has been a small fraction of india's development outlays often such relatively low interest bearing loans were contracted for projects involving no foreign exchange outgo and were sought for sustaining india's chronic balance of payment deficit the point is that though the useful to a limited extent international income comparisons whether for the present or for long historical periods are quite inadequate to define the essential questions and problems of the political economy of development now let us wind up the session and take rest thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcasts